The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How do you view your own success? Are you leading with compassion or are you considered ruthless? There is plenty of room for both types of leaders, but the best way to lead successfully is to balance boldness and integrity, using kindness and compassion to earn respect. Combine this with a go-getter, visionary, and aggressive drive to stay competitive. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks. We'll use the ideas heard today and in this series to help you use every advantage to achieve the best end result. Now, here's your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I am your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and delighted that you've decided to join us today. It's a special treat where we have guest Jim Stovall, one of our favorite guests, and we're going to be highlighting Jim's latest book called called Ultimate Hindsight. And I had a chance to get into the book and I've just found it to be a great treasure. Now, for those of you who may not have heard of the name Jim Stovall, I want to share with you some of the accomplishments that our guest has. So in spite of his blindness, Jim has been a national Olympic weightlifting, weightlifting champion and a very successful investment broker. And he's the president and co-founder of the Emmy Award-winning Narrative Television Network. He's written more than 30 books, some of which have been turned into major motion pictures. One of his most famous movies is The Ultimate Gift. It's a must-have, especially during this Christmas holiday. If uh, you'd like to pick up that movie, I highly recommend it. It stars James Garner and Abigail Breslin. And Jim also, in in the course of making television accessible for the nation's 13 million blind folks, visually impaired, he's on the President's Committee of Equal Opportunity. And he was also selected as Entrepreneur of the Year. Jim brings with him a great deal of humility around his work, as well as wisdom. And it's an honor for me to call him my friend. Jim, welcome to the show. Kathy, it's always good to be with you in these interviews, or certainly uh, the several times a year when we get together in person. Yes, and I think I last saw you in November. You were on stage at Clemmer and Associates Heart of the Samurai and just mesmerizing. You have a brilliant story, uh, your background and a little bit, a lot maybe rags to riches. Would you share with the listeners what your uh, growing up and over, let's say your hero's journey, what does that entail for you? Well, I, you know, everybody has a story and we're all only as big as the smallest thing it takes to divert us from where we should be. I grew up where I still live today in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I travel all around the world, but when I'm home, I'm back here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's where my parents live, and and I, I know the town, and I love it here. And, um, you know, as a young man, I had no ambition other than to be an All-American football player and go into the NFL and make my living as a professional football player. And I had the size and the speed to do that. And the, 
coaches and scouts and everybody assured me it was just a matter of time. And uh, then one year before going to play another season of football, I was diagnosed with a condition that would cause me to lose my sight. And uh, I instantly realized there's no blind guys in the NFL. There's a few referees we're still concerned about, but there's no <laughs> blind football players. And I, 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 you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I, over time, uh, went through the grieving process and depressed and got back on my feet and finished my athletic career as an Olympic weightlifter. And then in my 20s, I did lose my sight, and uh, out of sheer frustration of my own and not being able to access movies and television as a blind person, I developed a system so that blind and visually impaired people could enjoy TV, and uh, that was the beginning of the Narrative Television Network and, and my business, and out of that came speeches and books and my syndicated columns and, and now the movies. Wow, you you sound like you have more than nine lives, without a doubt. So one of the things that um, happened to me this week, and I just want to want to share with the audience here, I had a chance to invite another guest on the show for February. So a few months from now, and um, just a brilliant, brilliant um, techniques and tools on writing books and copywriting uh, assistance. And we don't know each other well at all. So one of the questions he had for me was not only tell me about your show, but then he asked a deeper dive question, which I know is absolutely brilliant and very protective of him as well as me. And it's, tell me who the guests on your show have been. I want to make sure that I'm, if I'm agreeing to be on the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour, what am I agreeing to and what kind of company am I keeping? And so I uh, mentioned to him that you were going to be on today's show and you've been on the show before. And out of his mouth, very quickly, he said, oh, Jim is a fantastic human being. He walks his talk. If he's on your show, then that tells me the caliber and the level of integrity that you have in producing this show. So... I just wanted, and he didn't have that to, he didn't have that same thing to say about every platform speaker out there in the universe. So, Jim, I just want to commend you about walking your talk. Well, thank you. And, uh, it means a lot coming from you and, and from other colleagues in the speaking profession. Wonderful. Now, I thoroughly enjoyed your book, The Ultimate Hindsight, as I felt like I was unwrapping um, pages and pages of a Christmas gift because you were allowing the wisdom of a hundred people to come into my life space and my mind space and challenged me around, oh, I hadn't really thought of obstacles that way or adjusting my mindset in this way. Where did you get the idea to come up with ultimate hindsight? Well, when I started the Narrative Television Network, we were really struggling to get uh, um, programming out to as many broadcast stations and cable systems as possible. And we did a lot of classic movies, and, uh, you know, they didn't want to pick up an old movie, but if I could bring them a Catherine Hepburn film with an interview with Catherine Hepburn or Jimmy Stewart or Frank Sinatra or Michael Douglas or whomever, uh, they wanted it. Well, so I started doing celebrity interviews and uh, wrapped them around these shows, and that's how we got distribution. Well, um, 
you know, that was in the early 90s. Well, by the mid-90s, I'd started writing books, and my publisher wanted another book. And I thought, you know, I'm going to share some of the wisdom that some of these people in these interviews have shared with me. So I wrote a book called Success Secrets of Super Achievers. It sold really, really well, and that was 20 years ago. And, and uh, over the ensuing years, I've met and worked with so many people on stage and the movies we've made based on my books and other other things. I thought, you know, I, it's time to do another one of these. So I reached out to a number of these people and uh, said, hey, I want you to share something with my readers that you know now that you wish you'd known before. And uh, we put together uh, all the people. There was well over 100, and we, we got it down to, I think, 103 or 4, whatever it is. You know, and the, the most challenging thing about this book was who are we going to leave out? Because it, uh, it it was amazing, and everybody, whether it's a movie star, an athlete, a politician, everybody from Dr. Ruth to the Dalai Lama is in this book. So it's uh, everybody can find somebody to relate to. Well, I love that, and it sounds like you have enough for the making of uh, Ultimate Hindsight 2.0, and I would uh, certainly welcome a, a book like that. I was very clear as I was reading this book, the value that I was able to create was, wow, this is brilliant in terms of hindsight, and I'm 55. I've got a 21-year-old son graduating from university this year, and this is going to be among his graduation gifts. I look at this as a treasure where if he can read these pages and really absorb and take action on some of the wisdom that's uh, contained in this book at 21, uh, boy, I wish I knew some of this wisdom. I wish I knew all of that wisdom at 21. Well, it it means a lot to me. You know, here we are just before Christmas and People around the world honor me greatly when they share my books or my movies with their loved ones or their colleagues or friends uh, as gifts because, um, you know, it's one thing to enjoy a book, but when you share it with someone, it, it, it makes all the difference. Without a doubt, and it's an easy one to share. Now, one of the things when I was going through the book, I was very struck, a little surprised by how many famous people, and, and not everybody in your book has that Hollywood fame attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. I love the fact that some of the, some of the most uh, profound wisdom you shared came from your father, George, and uh, he's right up there with uh, Pulitzer Prize winning authors. But I was surprised by how many famous Famous people um, really don't cite their claim to fame from Hollywood or their notoriety, but they really cited their success around family and friends as the value in their life. Share with us a little bit around your experience of that. Well, I I think sometimes uh, we have to learn the Wizard of Oz lesson that there's no place like home, and we have to leave everything we know and love to go do what we think we want so we can finally realize that we already had everything we ever wanted. And, uh, you know, um, it, it, it comes down to the, 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 the values of faith, friends, family, those kind of things is what really, really matters. And sometimes uh, when you've got fame and fortune, you realize that uh, those aren't everything I thought they would be. Right. We hear that often, and and, um, the people in your book certainly exemplified that. What I'd like to do is take a few of the contributors and your collaborators and just share with 
the audience here a little bit of their insight and your take on this insight. I loved Steve Allen's comments to you around identifying with the average guy. And Jim, I know you walk that talk. How is it that you've made yourself, I don't know if the listeners know this, but you make yourself accessible to the world in every book and publication you offer. There's a phone number attached and I've never met anyone who is as responsive to email and phone calls as as you. So what is your practice around identifying with the average guy? Well, I, I am an average guy. I mean, in fact, after I lost my sight, I my dream was just to be normal. I just wanted to be like everybody else. And and uh, that was a struggle of mine for a number of years. And, and we learned that there's wisdom in everybody. Steve Allen, uh, you know, the guy invented The Tonight Show, an absolute genius, uh, copyrighted uh, hundreds and hundreds of songs. And I spent a day with him in his office and studios out in L.A., and I was just so taken by this guy. But he started in television when it was live, and he used to do an interview show uh, called Voice of the People. He would have movie stars and people on out there in L.A. Well, one day his guest doesn't show up, and they're just a couple of minutes from going on air live. So he tells his manager, get me somebody. I'm getting ready to do an hour on TV, and I have nobody to talk to. So the guy goes out in the street and grabs a guy. I think he was a Lithuanian cab driver. And so, <laughs> I mean, so, and Steve says, well, tell me about yourself. And this guy starts talking, talking to him. It was just fascinating. He said, I mean, I learned about a new part of the world. I knew I learned about this man. You know, And it, it, Gandhi may have said it best. Every person is my superior in that I can learn something from them. And I think that's one of the big lessons I got from Steve Allen. Well, I love hearing that story and it brings the real life, you know, the real life aspect from the pages. Another thing that I read about was with Joseph Barbera, now, now the cartoonist and the, and the creator of so many of those Saturday morning cartoons that we love. I didn't realize that he had a background in banking and tax preparation. And what he really talks about is the value of persistence. And I know a little bit about your story, enough about your story, where persistence is in your DNA. Would you share with us what persistence showed up in your life as? Well, for me, uh, success in life, uh, you know, failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is part of success. It's simply a matter of how many times do you get up and keep going. And I'm a huge baseball fan. My dad was a minor league baseball player, and uh, that was one of my goals when I was a little tiny kid. And uh, I follow baseball now via satellite radio every night of the year during the uh, season. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still absolutely convinced as a 50-something-year-old guy, uh, and I'm totally blind, I still believe I can get a hit off the best pitcher in the major leagues if you'll allow me to adjust one rule of baseball, and that is I get as many strikes as I want. <laughs> and if you'll let me stay there until I get a hit, because, you know, as long as I don't quit, sooner or later I'm going to hit that ball. And, uh, oh, I love it. And, uh, you know, that's what uh, persistence allows us all. It's not over till you say it's over. And as long as you don't quit, you have a chance to win. I love it. That is just a, a great visual. I'm not trying to be funny here, but that's just a great visual for me. Uh, don't limit my number of strikes and I'll go 
from there. Let's take a break and we're going to come back. We're going to hear more from Jim Stovall and the wisdom from his brand new book, best-selling book, Ultimate Hindsight. You've been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Welcome back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I am your grateful host, Kathy Fairbanks. And with us, we have best-selling author and movie producer, Jim Stovall. Now, Jim has a brand new book out. It is a bestseller, and it is a must-read called Ultimate Hindsight. And Jim's been sharing with us a little bit about subject matter and some of the guest collaborators he had in his book, the format is he was able to compile over 25 years of research and interviews and just being good friends to some of these collaborators and was able to share with the world what their insight is. And so it's um, it's the best Reader's Digest version of wisdom that I found out there on the market without a doubt. Now, Jim, one of your contributors is Mary Barra. And would you share with us a little bit about Mary and her aspect is don't limit your potential. And that just jumped off the page at me because there are so many self-limiting beliefs out there and you certainly walk the talk of not limiting your potential. Well, she is one of the leading business people on the planet, bar none. And, uh, 
and an amazing success story. And, um, you know, we spend so much time, Kathy, worrying about what everyone else thinks about us. And we're all trying to keep up with the Joneses and put out a great facade or whatever. And we care about everybody else's opinion when, in fact, the only opinion that matters is the one we have of ourselves. And this is where potential happens. I mean, it doesn't matter really what you're able to do. It matters what you think you're able to do. You know, there are people out there with amazing abilities that don't think they have any abilities, and they may as well not have any abilities because they never tap into them. So potential is is the science of possibility, if you will. It is, you know, what is possible, and then what's beyond that, and what's beyond that. And there's always more potential than we think there is. I, I was in a session the other day with one of my favorite presenters, John Storm, and he does this... Uh, thing he calls storm braining because his name's storm but uh he, you know he had a group of top performers and we sat in a room and he said write down everything you can uh, think about about this one topic every co- possible idea that could come to your mind write it down and when everybody was done he said now everybody's written down everything you could possibly think of and everybody agreed and he said okay now pick up your pencil and write down three more ideas And without even thinking about it, people did this. And I was at the break. I said, John, have you ever looked at those extra three ideas that people, he said, they're amazing. And, you know, and, and, you know, we just swore that there are no other ideas we can think of. And then we just, without even thinking, wrote down three more. And if he just said, let's take another break and write down five more, you'd have done that. And so there's always more out there for us. Then, then we think there is. We we can all do more, be more, have more, create more, and leave more behind than we ever imagined. Well, that is a great business tip that John Storm um, provided or facilitated to your group. Because what I hear in that, those three extra ideas or extra tips, those could be multi-million dollar ideas, and that's what's needed to make a difference on this planet. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Now, one of your your collaborators, and this also jumped out on my page, on the page, it was that from Jacqueline Bissett, and it was to be responsible in one's given word to another. And in business, being true to your word and personally accountable is just so valuable. Share with the audience, what's the downside of not being true to your word once it's given? Well, I mean, in the final analysis, that's all we have is keeping our word to ourselves and those around us. And the biggest lies we tell are those we tell ourselves. And, uh, you know, we all make commitments to do things and then... Uh, very often we don't follow through, and and we end up lying to ourselves. You know, and if you'll lie to you, you'll lie to me, and uh, that's the, the the loss of everything because our whole free enterprise system, business, success, wealth, everything is based on give and take. It's an exchange, and exchange is based on a series of promises. If you'll do this, then I'll do that, and if it gets out there that I won't do that, no matter what I say. I can no longer participate in the free enterprise system. It's just, it's the most critical element, I think, is that your word's good. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, it's fascinating because 
Um, you know, you don't have to look at too many of her movies to realize Jacqueline Bassett is is famous for being one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. And I, uh, you know, and, and and you know, but what I I admire about her is she comes up with this deep core principle that you know I learned from my grandmother. You know, and and she sees the same value in that that you know if your word's not worth anything then nothing else is well and that couldn't that couldn't speak more truth just right there i know one of the tools and and techniques that i learned while going through the clemmer and associates leadership program was sometimes life just happens and a commitment that you've made needs to be renegotiated uh, sure. It could be due to illness, it could be due to a delayed flight or whatever that looks like, but I incorporated that tool of renegotiating my commitment, what I agreed to, long before the deadline. And that makes all the difference in the world. I know my trust meter went up a great deal in life when I started properly renegotiating and getting agreement on the other side to that renegotiation. So, the yeah. powerful tool that our late great friend and colleague Brian Clemmer taught a number of us, which is, uh, you know, the you, you know you give your word, and the minute that circumstances make that impossible. It is incumbent upon you to get in front of that person and say, look, I am acknowledging I gave my word. I want to stand by my word. This circumstance has arisen, making that impossible. I'd like to know what's the best win-win we can work out at this point. And ironically, sometimes it's a better arrangement for everybody than uh, than you'd even imagined before, if you'll just be honest up front. And, you know, I know there's tough economic times. Hey, guys, any time you, you're, you're not going to be able to pay a bill, keep a commitment, whatever it happens, and there's nobody on this uh, listening to us now that's been any more broke or scared than I have been, and very few people you'll ever run into that have uh, amassed as much wealth as I'm privileged to have now. But I remember what it's like to, to struggle till the end of the month, and am I going to be able to pay this bill or not? And it, thankfully, I always could, but I realize the minute you're not, you pick up the phone and call that creditor, and you, you will find a friend. But if they have to call you, you've got an adversary. Yes, that, that speaks so, so profoundly. And you mentioned something about Brian Clemmer and your friendship that you had with Brian and he certainly was a compassionate samurai leader out there who really did not go victim to circumstances. And I want to talk to talk to that a little bit. But I also want to want to have you share with the listeners. You had a friendship with Brian and as a pseudo mentor back and forth. Would you share with us what that entailed and how you saw in many opportunities Brian not going victim to circumstances? Well, I, I met Brian. Brian was actually at one of my events at an amphitheater out in Hawaii years ago. And uh, several weeks after the event, he called me and said, I'd like to have you come speak at one of our samurai events. And he said, you know, we get together 150 or 200 world leaders and people that, that really want to make a difference, that want to have the power and the heart to change the world. And we bring them together several times a year. And I'd like to have you come speak. And I, I said, well, Mr. Clemmer, if you sat in my audience, you know that uh, I generally speak to 10,000 people or whatever. And, uh, you know, to, to take several days and fly out there to 
talk to a couple hundred uh, is going to be difficult because I have a commitment to change the world. And he said, I want you to consider, instead of changing the world one at a time and adding, start multiplying and come to my event and you will change the world changers. If you can touch these people as you did in that amphitheater, you will find these you know, 150 or 200 people will go out and change the planet. And I still wasn't sold, and I said, well, um, you know, I, I'm just not sure. And Brian was somewhere between persistent and obnoxious. I loved that man. And uh, he just wouldn't let it go. And he said, if you'll try it once, I won't bug you anymore. And I said, I'd like that in writing, please. And um, I went and tried one, and I think... I've done 36 of them since then. It's it's uh, and I and, and when Brian passed, it was a uh, unexpected tragic day for many of us uh, to lose a friend and a mentor like that. And I remember I was sitting here at, at my desk where I am right now talking to you at the Narrative Television Network, and I was getting ready to leave the next day for one of these events. And uh, my marketing director Kelly came in and said, "Jim, we have a." Serious, uh, I have to talk to you. And she said, Brian Clemmer just passed away. And, you know, his heart aorta ruptured and he was gone instantly. And the last guy in the world you would ever think something like that would happen to. And, he, you know, she said, what do you want to do about the event? And I said, well, I mean, call him and tell him, let's let's cancel this thing. Let's postpone it. We can't do this. And Well, the, when we called him, I guess there were people, she said, from Australia and New Zealand that were coming to this event along with many others that were already in the air. They were already flying, and she said, what are you going to do? And I thought about that, and I said, we're going to do what Brian would do. We're going we're gonna to suck it up here and go do this event. And um, it was one of the hardest events I ever did, and, and, and possibly one of the best. It, uh, and, and, you know, and I always think of Brian when I think of that, because, uh, you know, you always have a choice to find an excuse or find a way. And Brian always seemed to find a way to get it done. And, you know, if you're going to take an excuse, one's about as good as another. But uh, there's always a way to do it. And Brian taught us all that. Yes, he did. And I was at that event and, and was able to hear you speak. And, yes, it was incredibly emotional. And that lets me reflect back on the power of that event. And then in your book, Ola Cassini shared with you his relationship between triumph and Disaster, And I think it's very fitting in this particular example. He mentioned that those are two imposters that have some, some commonality to them, triumph and disaster. They, yeah, um, it, it is yeah. a fascinating thing. A uh, few things in life are ever as good or as bad as we think they are. Uh, you know, and, and, and every time a triumph should always open a door for you to go do more and greater and better things. You know, a lot of times we think we're at the finish line. We're not. How can we expand this or extend this or make this success available to other people? And in a disaster, all opportunity comes disguised as a problem. And, you know, everybody goes through their life uh, praying for a great idea. If you want a great idea, go through your daily routine, wait for something bad to happen, and ask yourself, how could I have avoided that? And the answer to that is a great idea. And if you want to turn that great idea into a great business, 
and prosper from it. You just go ask one further question. How could I help other people avoid that? And the universe will give you wealth and success and happiness and fame and fortune, anything you ever wanted, if you'll just help the, the rest of the world solve their problems. And if you have money problems, as long as you worry about money, you'll never have any. But when you worry about other people and solving their problems, you will have more than you can imagine. Well, and you're a living example of that. Um, what I'd like to do now, let's go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper with some of your collaborators from the book, get some more wisdom under our belt that we can put into action, put into play the very next morning. So stay with us. We are the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour, your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Stay tuned for more. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Welcome back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I'm your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and our guest today is world-class author Jim Stovall, movie producer, and he is sharing with us some insights from his best-selling book, The Ultimate Hindsight. And in that book, one of the collaborators in his book was Carol Channing. And I love the story, Jim, if you would share with us about your conversation with Carol Channing when she had a standing ovation in the middle of her Hello Dolly performance and her surprise and her response. Would, would you share with us how that story unfolded? Well, she she was amazing. And uh, 
uh, incredible, incredible actress. And, uh, you know, sometimes if you just watch television or movies, you, you don't realize some of the most talented people in the world are on, on the, the stages of the world doing Broadway shows. And uh, Miss Channing is certainly one of those. And uh, I remember going to one of her performances, and then we did the interview backstage. And, and she was talking about... Uh, you know, at that time, she had done the, her part in Dolly literally thousands of times. And the thing that struck me the most, Kathy, was talking to her, and I said, how do you do this? You know, eight shows a week, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two Saturday, two Sunday, travel Monday, and do it again. And, I mean, how do you do that every night and make it fresh and make it exciting? And What is it? And she said, I'm just trying to get it right perfect one time and i said i've seen your show a number of times and it seems perfect she said it's not to me and she said i i just want to know that was the perfect show and i said do you think you'll ever get there and she said probably not but it gives me something to strive for and and then she said something you know she said i may have done this thousands of times but to those people sitting out there just beyond the footlights i realize this is their first time and they deserve that kind of energy and passion. And, you know, I think of her often just before I go on stage because I'm always struck with the fact that, uh, I mean, this may be my fourth or fifth speech this week, and I'm going to tell some of the same jokes, some of the same stories, and whatever the case may be. But to these people out there, this may be that one intersection between their problems and the possibilities and, uh, you know, I'm not going to be the weak, weak link. I'm not going to be the one to let them down. I, you know, uh, they are going to get my best effort. And, you know, you got to bring your A game every time because, you know, we can't control all the circumstances. Everything happens. But the only two things we can control is our effort and our attitude. And uh, you don't ever want to be caught not giving your maximum effort and not having your top attitude in every situation. So, the, you know, that's kind of what I take away from Carol. She was amazing. Well, I love the fact that with all those performances, she still stepped up to the plate with that beginner's mindset and delivered for the audience every single time. And in business, um, a lot of our work is repetitious, repetitious and it makes sense. Hold on to that beginner's mindset. So I love that. I love that. Now, one of the things that... I really appreciated reading was that from Phyllis Diller. And she really underscored in terms of, of how everything really boils down to your thinking. And if your thinking is off center, then your pursuit of your passion really is not going to happen. Share with us a little bit about the, the wisdom of life that you observe from Phyllis Diller. Well, she is a lady that broke into a business of stand-up comedy at a time when it was virtually all men. And it was a tough thing for her to break into. And, uh, and she did it with uh, a certain grace and passion, and she made fun of herself. I mean, that's what she always did. She made fun of herself and never took herself seriously and made a career out of making fun of herself. And um, she had that, and I, I can tell you, uh, you know, I I have written thirty books and done six movies. We're doing a couple more now, and uh, written all kinds of things. The hardest thing to do 
in writing on stage in a movie is to be funny, is to on purpose be funny. And it is hard to do, particularly when you're using the same lines, same jokes, whatever. And I, and I do it on stage all the time with my audiences. And, you know, you just, there's no margin for error. And, uh, and you know, to do it as skilled as, as she did is just an amazing, amazing uh, uh, thing. And, and to do with that passion. And uh, laughter is a great gift. And uh, as the scriptures say, laughter is a great medicine. And I tell you, the world needs a, needs a double dose of that prescription right now. Oh, we sure do. We sure do. Well, and thank you for sharing that. And one of the things that I... I read that, again, jumped right off the page, was when you were talking and, and interacting with Jerry Glanville, and, and I'd say the purchase of the book alone is worth seeing the uh, five or six descriptions of must-dos in life from him, but the one that really jumped off the page for me was false praise cheapens real praise. And that's so important, the feedback that you give in business and family with friends. False praise cheapens real praise. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we, we blow that in, in our offices, in our businesses, <clears throat> at home with our kids. You know, everything's not awesome. Everything's not great. Everything's not wonderful. And if it is, when something really comes along that is awesome, what do you do with that? I mean, you know, everybody doesn't get a gold medal every time. Everybody doesn't get the blue ribbon every, you know, you, you need to moderate that so you've got somewhere to go. And, uh, you know, I know in the Olympic Games, in the, in the sports where they, uh, the judges give scores, like in gymnastics and things like that, you know, you very rarely see a judge give a 10. It, it has got to be a true 10. Because if there's any falter or, or any shortcoming in that performance and you give it a 10, when someone does come up, you have nothing else to give them. You have nowhere else to go. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the most difficult things we can ever do with friends or colleagues or whatever is have that critical, crucial conversation, which is, uh, you know, I think you can do better than this. I don't think this is your best work. Uh, I think you owe yourself and those you serve more than this. And, um, I mean, Glanville being a, a coach working with athletes and those sorts of things, you get, uh, uh, you know, as a former athlete myself, I can tell you, coaches are very good at uh, pointing out areas of potential improvement in your performance. They can certainly do that in a very verbal way. And, um but I, I think it's important because when that same coach that was yelling at you comes over and hugs you and tells you that was great, you know it was. You know it mattered. You know it. You, it's working for you. Well, and, and you know, at Clemmer & Associates, you're very aware that we eat feedback and results for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I had an experience the other day. I was at one of our seminars, and I had passed out. Actually, it was a um, flyer about this particular radio show because our graduates are are loving tuning in and hearing and sharing with family and friends about this show. And um, I ran into someone who really had an eye for detail. And she mm-hmm. said, would you be open to some feedback about the flyer that was generated? Now, I didn't generate 
the flyer, not my skill set or talent. And I said, of course, yes, please. And she gave me some feedback around positioning, color, and some of the text, some of the copy. And I was so incredibly grateful. I would have paid good money for that type of feedback. And at the end of it, she said, now, did I hurt your feelings? And I said, no, you made my day. I need this kind of feedback. I'm open to it because I'm a lifelong learner. So please give me more and more and more. And so, Jim, where do people defer to you? They look at you as the expert. Where do you go to get that critique, that feedback that you as a human being are still in need of? I have a, a, a few trusted people around me in every, every area of my life. I call them my dream team. And uh, they know what I do and where I am. And whether it's, you know, in my television business, it's, it goes around, you know, Ted Turner and Michael Markovsky and those guys. And in business, it's Steve Forbes and uh, Harlan Stonecipher, a late, great friend. And, and Brian Klimmer was one of those for me for many, many years. And uh, people on stage and... I have people that I periodically will send videos of my speeches or drafts of books or things to, and I really respect their opinion. And, uh, you know, and you have to be careful. Uh, I mean, I have 10 million books in print. So, and as you pointed out earlier, my phone number, my email address is in every one of them. Well, you know, anybody that got 15 bucks or 20 bucks, whatever it is to buy a book, they become my critic. They're entitled to their opinion, but it doesn't mean I have to take it. I I, I, I evaluate it, but uh, I don't have to take it. And then the same thing happens in the movie business. I, I, I you know, one of the guys uh, we just did our third movie together. Brian Dennehy is a fabulous, fabulous actor, and uh, um, kind of came to prominence in the first Rambo film, and then has done a lot of work on the. Broadway stage and uh, a wonderful, wonderful actor. And, and I, I, I said, Brian, we're getting good reviews. And I said, I never look at reviews on movies. He said, I said, really? And I said, what, in 40 years? He said, I haven't read one in 40 years. No, I don't read them. And he said, I don't care what a movie critic says. Now, what I do care is what real people who pay their eight or ten bucks or whatever it is to come to the movie theater and, and, and buy a ticket. I care what they do, and they get to vote with their wallet. They get to vote with their pocketbook. And how many times have we seen a movie out that the critics hated, and people go back time after time to see it again? They take their family and friends and everything. And you know, and movies are, or or, or books or other things are impactful to the people that, that they're intended for. And so I, I'm very careful to take uh, proper critique, but uh, criticism for its own sake, I, uh, you know, you got to kind of avoid that, and you can't let it affect you too much. Um, you know, these people that I invite into my life to give me uh, wisdom and feedback I take, uh, one of Brian Klimmer's great statements I will never forget. I wish I had said it originally. He said, your opinion of me is none of my business. <laughs> and, um, you know, so we gotta, we got to probably be careful whose opinion we take. And then the, the trusted people around us who have opinions, we probably need to listen to that even more than we do. Well, and those people, Brian used to always call those folks his foxhole buddies. And yep. I know you were a foxhole buddy. And they're going to tell you when you have spinach in your teeth and toilet paper hanging out of your 
your shoe, but they're, they're going to do it in a kind, loving, I got your back, I got your front sort of way. So building that dream team, it can't be um, emphasized enough when it comes to business. So and when, when someone offers you criticism, I'll accept any criticism on performance, none on personality. I mean, don't criticize a person. Right. Like, like the person who was kind enough to come to you and said, would you accept some feedback on this brochure or this flyer? Yes. It, it, it's, not, you know, it's not about you. It's about the flyer. Right. And, that that know, brings... All I want to do, yeah. the, the flyer to do is portray how great I think you already are. That's good criticism. Uh, criticism that it criticizes a person, not a performance is is uh, is detrimental whether you're talking to your colleague your spouse or your kid um, yeah. mm. love it i absolutely love it now one of the collaborators in your book was lou gossett and i loved what he had to say about resentment where it was the worst resentment that anybody can have is the one you feel justified to keep and mm-hmm. Let's address the elephant in the room. These resentments can be the Achilles heel in a business from the top down, the bottom up. It can just really take a business down. So speak to that. How do you navigate through resentments that you may have had? I mean, you're one of the people. You could resent the whole fact that, that you lost your eyesight in your late 20s. How do you deal with this, Jim? Well, I think you've got to first and foremost be honest about it. Don't ignore it. Don't act like it's not there. Own it, accept it, and say, man, this happened to me, and I've got these feelings. I'm releasing these feelings. I'm trying to get rid of them. But, you know, Lou is a great friend. Uh, he, when I, they turned uh, my novel, The Lamp, into a movie, I was looking for someone to play this magic genie guy I invented. And I first went out to Barbara Eden because she did I Dream a Genie, and I thought, wow, she's 70-something years old now. It'd be fun to have her come back and kind of do a parody of herself. And the problem was she's still absolutely gorgeous and looks like she used to. And so I thought, well, then I'll go comedic, and I, I interviewed Tim Conway. I thought he'd be funny, but uh, he didn't bring the power to the role I really need for the serious part. And then, you know, I thought, I wonder if I could get Louis Gossett. And, I mean, you got an Academy Award winner, an amazing guy. And he he fell in love with the message of the story and did all this. And he and I spent a lot of time hanging around the set. And then he went on the road with me for a couple of my arena events. And uh, he just never experienced anything like that. But Lou is in his 70s. Uh, uh, what's amazing is he was raised uh, as a very young child during summers by his great-grandmother, who was a house slave in the South. She was approaching... A hundred years old uh, when Lou was a was a child, and so you know, I, I mean, it's amazing to think when you think of resentment. I mean, I have a good friend who was raised by a slave. I mean, uh, you know, and you think that that is that even possible? You know, um, uh, I mean, you know, his um, his great grandmother was born in. 1858 and lived up into the mid-50s when Lou was a teenager. I mean, it's just an amazing thing to think about. And uh, so much resentment as a young black man trying to break into the business uh, and and, and a lot of bigotry and a lot of things. And, uh, you know, but one of the things I got from Lou is if we're not careful, we go out in the world and we get all this resentment and we get beat up. 
And then when we do get a chance to come into a relationship with someone and perform and do what we do, if we bring that with us, what we're doing is penalizing the people that gave us a chance. We're letting people out there hurt us, and then the people that want to love us and help us and work with us, we unload on them because they're the people that will listen to us. And uh, and uh, so you, you've got to let that go. I mean, um, Gandhi said we will not be punished for our own for our unforgiveness you will not be punished for your unforgiveness you'll be punished by it and if you carry that resentment around uh, you're the only one hurt the person that that, that did this to you with the the, the deed or the word uh, months or years ago they forgot about that a long time ago you're the only one being impacted by it well those are some Profound words, Jim. So appreciative of that. And I want to close out and highlight um, someone else who had some profound words in your book, and that would be of your father. And he had several that he shared with us. But uh, reading the line, and I've heard this line before, but knowing that you were raised with this concept, this paradigm in your life was so valuable. And your father mentioned that if you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? And so if you would speak to that as we close out the show, and I want to make sure that we share with the listeners, how do we go ahead and access your book, The Ultimate Hindsight? So I'd just like to hear a few bars around your father and the insight and the hindsight that he's provided for you. Well, I appreciate you bringing it, you know. Uh, I, I put George Stovall in the book because that's my grandfather, my father, my brother, and now my nephew. So I got four generations of George Stovalls. I've learned from all of them. And the, the, the George Stovall is the only name in the book that's not a, a true superstar or celebrity or whatever. And uh, But they they are to me. And, uh, you know, if you're not going to have time to do it right, when would you have time to do it over? goes back to my late great uh, friend and mentor, Coach John Woodnoise, says everything you do every day, whether it's this interview with you or my next phone call or my meeting or whatever you're doing, you need to ask yourself just before you undertake that next task, what would I do right now if I were amazing? What would I do right now if I were amazing? Not, not meeting expectations, not good, uh, but what would I do if I were amazing? If I made this a world-class event, whatever this next thing is, and no matter how minor it may be, just meeting someone in the hall, uh, you know, uh, what if I took this one opportunity to be amazing and make it monumental and memorable? What would I do? And if you'll live your life like that, you'll find yourself having a great day and a great week and an amazing month and an amazing life. So that's kind of what I took away from that. If you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? If it's not worth giving that effort to, get it off your list. Don't even do it. Don't even start something you're just going to do mediocre or just enough to get by. Don't even mess with it. It's not worth it. Oh, I love that. You've just given us an invitation to be amazing today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. Jim, where can people go to access this phenomenal book? Um, Really, just the wisdom oozes off of the pages. How does one access this book and get in touch with you? You can you can get Ultimate Hindsight or any of my books at Amazon bookstores or anywhere else you buy books. Uh, you can always uh, go to my website, Jim Stovall, S-T-O-V-A-L-L, jimstovall.com. Or as I do every time I speak and with every one of my books, anytime you need anything from me, whether it's a book, you just need someone to talk to, you're not sure your dreams are going to come true, you dial 918 
918-627-1000. We have real live people that answer the phone around the clock. I will always call you back, or you can email me at jim at jimstovall.com. And I want you to know I'm not just some guy that you're listening to now. I'm not some guy that writes books or makes movies. I have a message that I believe can change your existence. And if you don't think so, um, give me a call because uh, I want to be your partner in your success. Jim, thank you so much for being our guest today. You've been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. We look forward to seeing you, hearing you, and sharing with you next week. Thank you for tuning into our show. You can hear the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, be sure to take action and create your own success. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.